3. I'm going to look at verse 4. You probably know it by memory. Um, and remember what, what we've said about this psalm is that when you follow the shepherd motif, uh, I think you can do that from verse 1 to verse 6. And this is the, the, the debate over the psalm, and I, I think both sides are right. Is the, is, the, is the metaphor consistent, or does he drop it off and on? And I think they're both right. I think it's so well written. Both angles are uh, effective and legitimate. And so what we're wanting to do initially is look at the, uh, the, the, the metaphor all the way through. So remember that um, we saw the work of a shepherd. Um, he, he, he has the green pastures and he, how he must uh, keep the sheep safe and provide for all that and lead them to still waters and everything. And at the center of the psalm is the shepherd, not the sheep. Uh, and so all along the way, it, it, the inclusio is it opens up with Yahweh, closes with Yahweh. And everything is about him in between, the, that Yahweh is my shepherd. Um, so uh, it ended there that uh, Yahweh restores my soul and leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now here it is very clear that what we have in this poem is more than just a pastoral image. It's actually a story. Um, and the story is the taking of the sheep from one field to another. And here we have the transition from one to the other. This is where they're actually traveling. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, I don't know if I've told this story before, but when my wife and I were dating, um, I was working in Florence, y'all, and... Um, I, uh, and that meant uh, my curfew was a little longer. Uh, but if I called my parents, hey, I'm leaving work, I'm going to swing by and see the missus, uh, they would be gracious to me, right? And so I'd swing by and see Amanda, kiss her goodnight, whatever it is. And uh, Amanda's dad worked second, second um, shift, so he wouldn't be in yet, uh, though he would be in soon. And so uh, one day I swung by and uh, I knocked on the side door like I always did. And this time something was different. Both Amanda and her mother met me at the door, like they were waiting for me to arrive. And my mother had a broom in her hand. She said, someone has broken into the house. They are in the bathroom. We need you to go take care of it. Well, I'm like 17 years old, you know, something like that. So uh, I said, okay. So I got my broom. And... Uh, uh, I go to knock on the bathroom door, and we, we hear nothing. And then I go in there, ready to sweep him off his feet. And uh, lo and behold, there's, there's nothing in there. There is no one in the bathroom. There is no sign that anyone had been in the bathroom. But they had sworn that they heard the window crash and someone climb into the window. Now, what I think that happened is my mother-in-law and wife and my sister-in-law had a habit, and they still do this, uh, of watching scary movies when it's dark. And they turn all the lights out. And then, and then on the old VHSs, when you ran out of tape, your TV would go dark, and then after a while, your TV goes off. And so they would sit in the dark. And when you sit in the dark after being scared for 90 minutes, you, your mind hears things. And you don't just hear it, you interpret them. And so uh, they, when they heard that, knowing that I was on my way, they went out. There was like a, a little mud room something, or laundry room, I guess it was. And they waited there, scared to death. There's someone in the house until 
I came in to, to rescue them, right? And fortunately, there's no one in there because I don't know what good I would have done with a broom. Um, but uh, uh, nevertheless, we, 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 we do live in the state of fear and discomfort and chaos. And, and so we are always looking for comforts. Uh, maybe your house has a uh, security uh, system in it. Uh, our church does. When I was doing the history of the church, uh, I saw where the church first got one. It was because uh, people had broken in, and uh, we had to change some of our windows to, to better protect the church. And we lock up a certain way on Sunday mornings. And, and uh, right, we, we want the comfort that security can, can bring. Insurances, right? Maybe, uh, um, you know, we, we got life insurance. We moved to East Frankfurt because Amanda was staying at home. Uh, I was the only one with, with any sort of income. So if something happened to me, my wife and kids would be in, 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 in a lot of trouble. So to, to, to get that sense of comfort and security, right? Um, and uh, we do all kinds of things to, to do this. We, uh, maybe you get a dog to scare off unwanted guests, right? Um, when we went to Trinidad, everyone had a dog, everyone. Uh, everyone had high walls, and everyone had a dog loose in their yard, and that was for security. Right? Um, when I go walking, it's, it's with, with, with Katie, our, our Australian shepherd, uh, it, it's, it's interesting because she, she sees someone and she just wants to be petted and, she, and she'll, she'll jump on. We're working on her with it. But a lot of people are nervous. Now, she doesn't like some people, which I do like that about her. Um, when my wife and, and I were in college, she took a few night classes. And I begged her every time, call security and they will escort you back to your dorm. And she's from Carroll County, and she was too, too stubborn to do that. So I would require her to call me in my dorm, and she would stay on the phone with me until she got in her dorm. Now, what am I going to do at Boys when she's at U of L if something happened? Nothing. But it was a sense of just knowing she was okay and, and to, to help keep her mind off the fear that behind every shadow is someone that's going to hurt her or something like that. We do everything for comfort, and, and security is, is, is a big part of that. We're, we, we fear of bad economies and more inflation of what that's going, going to do to us. Or um, um, if, when we go to the doctor and have those tests run, what, what are those results are, right? We live in a constant state of fear, and anything can, can scare us. Um, and, and, and so that's one of the reasons why Psalm 23 is, is so good. Um, I've yet to find a passage that is universally beloved and yet still speaks to us where we are in Psalm 23. Most of the time, uh, when I go to the bedside of someone who has died or is dying, it is Psalm 23 I will read. And every time when you get to verse 4, this is where the mood changes. We love the, the sweet scene of green pastures and still waters and uh, Shana one, and he restores my soul and uh, the road of righteousness that we walk. We love that. But then, then, then it really changes. The psalm really changes. Um, but notice here, first of all, that um, there is the certainty of these sort of dark val- uh, valleys. Notice it starts with even though. I, I assume your translation probably says even though. Um, you can translate that as even when. So it's not an if, it's a when. Even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death. It does speak of certainty. Now, verse 3 precedes verse 4. I don't know if you know how to read or not. Which means that what you see in verse 3 still applies in verse 4. 
And so in verse 3, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. Now in verse 4, he is still leading the sheep, which means it is the will and the way of the shepherd for the sheep to go through this dark valley. So it's not like that um, he got lost because his GPS stopped working. But rather, he, he mapped out the trail, and this is the, the most dangerous part of the journey. Yet, he sees it as a necessity. In fact, because he's going from, from one field to another, what you have is the necessity and the certainty that they're going to go through this valley. And it's likely that a year later, they will go right through this valley. And, and the sheep know the time's going to come. We have to go through this valley together. Um, and, and this is a hard truth that people have when it comes to life. You can have the best security system. You can have the best insurance. You can be the safest person in the world. Yet, there will be times of dark valleys. One of the things uh, y'all may remember in the COVID years, just like 40 years ago for some of us, and is that there were different types of people. There were people who were resistant to some of the changes, wearing a mask, getting your vaccine shot, um, um, uh, social distancing, right? I mean, the first time you saw little signs at the gas station or McDonald's that said six feet and had a little feet or maybe it was a circle that said practice social distancing. And you're like, nah, fam, right? <laughs> you know, I ain't scared, right? You know, some of us are like that. Some of us were scared to death. I really bet you, you've, you've known people, maybe this, this does describe you, that, that you did everything you were supposed to do, Right? You, you didn't sleep without a mask on, right? Everyone had their own room and they didn't leave, right? You just airdropped um, uh, Kroger packages for dinner, right? You, you stayed away from everybody. You, you cleaned everything. Remember we were told to go to the grocery store and then wash our groceries? You remember? I'm like, the boxes. Not the apples, the box of cereal. You had to wash that, okay? Because that virus stays on the, 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 those boxes for three hours, and you got three hours, your whole family's going to die, right? We went through all of that. And there were some people that now looking back, it's somewhat humorous. At the time, you, you weren't allowed to, to have humor. Um, you remember there's some people, they did everything right and still got it. Still got it, right? Because you have to go to the grocery store. You got to go to the doctor. You got to go to what was necessary, right? And, and, and there's, 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 there's the way it is. Like, you, there's nothing you could do to keep yourself from going through these dark valleys. People you love are going to die. You and your life, are, you're, you're going to suffer. Your family's going to go through difficult times. Ups and downs is, is the way it goes. And here we begin with that. Even when... He leads me through the dark valleys. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? Remember, it's about the shepherd, not the sheep. And the key to getting through dark valleys is to remember that perspective. Eyes on the shepherd, not on the sheep. So we have certainty, we have sorrow. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That phrase, shadow of death, it's a classic image. Um, that is a pretty literal translation. It's a, it's a compound word in the Hebrew. It's one word. Um, and it connects the word shade or shadow and the word death. So you take those, put them together. Here, here's your word. Some want to translate it deadly shadows. I like that. That sounds like it's out of the Lord of the Rings or something, right? It's where the Nazgul are from, I'm sure. None of you care about that. But it, it does sound like something out of fantasy literature, you know, or Brothers Grimm or something. Um, now, what's interesting is um, 
The term is used four times in the Psalms. It's also used in Job. But in Psalms, all four times, it, it uses a shepherding context. So, for example, Psalm 44, 19. Um, this is in King James, so let me retranslate. Though you have uh, sorely broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of death. Your, your more modern words will probably retranslate dragons, although the word is dragons. Uh, Psalm 107.10, such as sits in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron. Again, you have to read the context to get all of it. Uh, later in verse 14, he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bonds um, in thunder. So, so this is not a unique phrase. You will find it four times in the Psalms, uh, like eight, seven, eight more times in Job. But it describes... Um, the way I say it is, is, is you go through, through this valley, right? And it's already shaded. It's already shaded. Um, I found um, a, 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 you can call it a shortcut. I mean, it probably saves me 30 seconds walking here. But today, I really liked it. It was behind AutoZone, right? There's a little path. What I liked about it today is there's like a little wooded area behind AutoZone. And with the building, it's just shaded, Right? I like that because it was like 3,000 degrees outside. I had to walk here twice. The first time I, you know, that's the story. But um, so, I, so after I did, had to go back home, then I walked back. It is hot outside. It is hot. And so that was nice to find some shade, right? So a valley is going to have shade because, because it's blocking the sun. And I like to think of it as as the sun is sitting, it gets even darker. It's the valley of the shadow of, of death. And they are in that shadow. Now, Leading, we said, the sheep through this uh, is certain, but it's also necessary. They're, they're going from, from one, uh, one pasture to another. Um, Mom and dad live on a farm. They don't run the farm. They don't own the farm. But it's a farm. Uh, we grew up, it was the back of patch behind us, and it's mostly alfalfa now. But there's cattle all around them, right? Across the street, there's a couple cattle fields. Actually, there used to be a trailer down, down below them. Uh, the trailer's been removed, turned into a cattle field. And, and up over yonder's back field, and their main out by their yard is, is mostly cattle. And you can almost tell the seasons by where the cattle are, right? Because if you keep cattle in the same field year-round, you will not have grass. They will eat everything. They will destroy everything. And so what you have to do is move them from this field over here. And so while they're over here eating this grass, the, the, you can be getting this field ready. We talked about this, the green pastures. They don't happen by chance. You have to replant. You, you, you have to get everything ready. Get the hay out there. Get everything ready so that when you have to bring the cattle from that field back, everything is ready for them, them to go. You have to do the same thing with with sheep herding is is you have to move them from one field to another and david has this in in, in mind um and so um this journey because you don't have uh you know you can't put them in in a um a, a cattle trailer or something and just move them across you know the interstate or something uh that he would actually have to lead them Okay? We'll meet the sheepdogs later on in, in the psalm. And, and the journey takes them through this valley. Now, I'm sure that if there was a better way, or easier way, he would, uh, would, would be willing to do that. But this is necessary. One of the reasons is because a valley is where you will find water. And, and so it can be a long journey in the Middle, uh, mid, middle Eastern heat. You need to make sure along the way there is a place for water. 
still quiet water at that. And so he isn't leading them through this valley because he doesn't love them. It's necessary. He cares for them. But these valleys are dangerous. Um, um, remember what, we, what we've said about, um, about sheep is that they are vulnerable. They are dumb. They're prone to wonder. They're defenseless. And so um, if you're a sheep and you are a prey and you're at the bottom of the valley, wolves and lions and everything else are going to be up the valley some. They have a clear advantage. It's just like warfare. If you're going to go hand-to-hand combat, you want to be at the top, not the bottom. It's a Star Wars reference, right? Um, where Anakin Skywalker is down here and Obi-Wan Kenobi is up here. He says, but I have the high ground. And that's how he takes down Anakin Skywalker. No Star Wars fans. Okay, we'll move on, right? You know, but uh, that's, how, that's how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. You know, he has to put the suit on after... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi goes all Aragorn on him. Anyways, so I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but that's as good as you're going to get from me. Um, But, uh, and that also means that uh, not just animal predators, but political enemies. So if you're an Israelite and you're going through the valley and the Philistines find out about it, right, you're in danger, right? So so this is is not good. Um, And... But it is necessary for, for them to, to go through this. Um, and now, what the sheep can do is either question the goodness of the shepherd or trust that this is temporary and he will bring me through it. Um, valleys have a way of humbling us. They have a way of destroying our idols. If you put all your hope and trust in whatever idol it is, you will eventually discover that idol does not meet you where you, where where you where you are your career your 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 family your marriage your children your wealth whatever it is those don't care about your valleys the shepherd does the shepherd is there with his sheep in the valley they also have a way of uh, forcing us to lean on god uh, James chapter 1 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, if you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Notice that James suggests it is suffering that produces character. There's some truth to this, some real truth to this. Uh, I bet if you can go up to any champion, right, doesn't matter what sport, someone who's reached the peak of their sport, they can tell you, uh, all the details of all the suffering they've gone through, of their shortcomings, of their failure, of their frustrations. One of the things that we have found is, is that when you pamper uh, young people, they become pretty worthless when they get up. So let's say you have a guy who had nothing. And he built a business from the very bottom, and now he's a millionaire. His kids have only known dad is a millionaire. His kids are probably going to be worthless, Right? Because dad had to crawl from the bottom. He's got character. He's got stamina. He's, he's got that. His kids never had to go through that process. Everything was given to them. That's not universal, of course. But we've seen that pattern enough, right? Um, and that's the idea here. If anyone of you lacks wisdom, remember James is speaking of wisdom in the context of valleys. If you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without doubting. Uh, 
Um, C.S. Lewis, his, his book on a grief called A Grief Observed, it was written, so it's a very short book, 60 pages, something like that. Um, it was written after the death of his wife, Joy, right? And uh, it's really good. It's really good. Um, it's a very brutally honest book. He almost loses his faith. So you got to read it to the end, right? It's a very honest book. He writes, quote, God has not been trying an experiment on my faith or um, in order to find out their quality. He knew it already. It was I who didn't. In this trial, he makes us occupy the dock, the witness box, and bench all at once. He always knew that my temple was a house of cards. His only way of making me realize the fact was to knock it down. That's really good. He adds on later, there's always a card in God's hand that we didn't know about. And that's actually where the, uh, the writer here, David, goes next, right? Uh, so we, we saw certainty, we saw sorrow um, or suffering. You know, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff come for me. This is the assurance in these valleys. I will fear no evil. Uh, I love that. I think it's from Spurgeon. He does, he does not say that there shall not be any evil, right? There is the certainty of this. Um, without the shepherd... Sheep are unable to navigate dangerous territory. One, they are always afraid, right? They're very timid creatures. They, uh, they, they're like the, the groundhog seeing a shadow, except they're like that all the time. Uh, they lack the agility to navigate it, right? They don't know how to get through this, this canyon and those rocks and here and there, right? They'll never find the path to get through. And they are too foolish, frankly, uh, to get through it. Sheep are dumb. They are just dumb animals, they, they are prone to wonder, but they are prone to follow a good shepherd, even through those valleys. But because the shepherd is with them, they're able to navigate through any dangerous territory without fear, right? If every one of us has experienced this when we were kids, when the storm hits, or you have a bad dream, or you think boogeyman's going to come out of the closet, or something's going to grab you from underneath the bed, whatever it is, where do you go? The closer you are to your parents, the safer you are. That, that, that's all kids understand. The closer I am to mom and dad, safer I am. Right? And that's why that first night you spent at home without your parents, I don't care how old you were, it was a wake-up call, wasn't it? You took for granted your proximity to safety. And when that's gone, you know, there's a little bit of timidity in you you still got to work on. Um, but the sheep know that if they're with their shepherd, Though this is scary, they have nothing really to, to fear. Why? You are with me. I want you to notice here a grammatical shift, right? Uh, in the first three verses, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. In verse 2, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Verse 3, he leads me a path of righteousness. Now notice it's when I walk through the valley. I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. You, you, you see the, the, the change in intimacy? Is that in the valley, um, his, his, his proximity to the shepherd becomes closer. Again, this is a universal experience that we all have. One of the problems with prosperity is, we, is, is, is it actually encourages us to, to go farther away from God. This is actually a problem we see in America. The richer we become, the more godless we become. Because we start to believe that we did this. But when you have a crisis, we always go back to our source of comforts, right? And, and, and you see David going through that. So long as you got green pastures, right, that's nice. But when you're in the dark valley, proximity is the secret to comfort. 
Um, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And so here he goes from talking about the shepherd. He does this. He goes to talk to the shepherd. You are doing this for me. It's incredible. Whenever, once you see it, you'll never unsee it. Those tenses are so important for, for David reflecting. And there's some debate regarding the context of when did David write this. It, some suggest he wrote it when he was fleeing Absalom, his son, who just uh, took over his kingdom. And there, when he is a runaway monarch without a throne, he writes about how the Lord is my shepherd. He is in that valley of the shadow of death. And he will fear no evil, even if it comes from his own son. Um, and then we see the, the security there. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Every good shepherd has two things, right? He has a rod, he has a staff. And a shepherd would be lost without those. It'd be like hiring a mechanic who doesn't have a hammer, right? Like, what are you doing, right? Hey, uh, get your carpenter's going to put a deck on. Has no hammer. Makes absolutely no sense. A shepherd's going to have these two tools, a, a rod and a staff. A rod was used as a weapon, it was for offense, and, and it was designed in such a way to be pretty, pretty tough on, on enemies. So it would be used against lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, right? Against any other predator. Um, now, we know David had a slingshot, and it's not mentioned here because he used that against lions. That's how he took down Goliath. But here he references a, a rod. So you could just go, and you could just whack guys on the head, and you're, you're good to go. And, and it's, it's, it's the real deal. I guess uh, what, I, what comes to mind for me is a metal bat, Right. Um, um, I think every dad should, should, when he goes to bed at night, should be close to to keep his family safe. Of course, a, a gun and a bat. Right. Both of those will do a, do a good job to keep your family safe. Right. And and here is his bat. Right. Take the bat um, and uh, swing for the fence. The other one is is a staff. The purpose of the staff is to keep the sheep close. Um, when I think of the staff, I think of old Looney Tune cartoons. Right, you know when uh, I don't know Daffy Duck goes up on the stage and he can't sing and dance, everyone boos. What comes out? It's the shepherd's crook, right? That's what I think. And it does it so fast, his hat just starts spinning, right? And it makes a goofy noise, and kids laugh and go back and get some more cereal when commercials come on, right? The good old days, right? When we knew what boys and girls were. Um, so uh, that's what the staff is. It's designed. One of the things of, about sheep is is they don't like to be touched a whole lot. So. Uh, particularly uh, uh, mothers and, and, and their young. So you don't want to go over and just grab them like you would a cat by the back of the neck, right, ladies? And, and right, you don't want to do that. My wife and daughter hate that, and I think it's hilarious. Uh, it's okay if mom carries the kittens that way. Don't let dear old dad do that with the cat. That's evil. Um, anyway, so, so you don't want to do that, but a, a, a shepherd's staff, you can, you can just throw them in there. Hey, you're about to wander off. Stay here. We're in now. He always has that when they're in the green pastures, when they're by the quiet waters. He always has those. But in the valley, the sheep really notice them. They are safe from the outside, they're comforted from the inside. So even in those valleys, when I'm, uh, I may be prone to wander off, there the shepherd's going to draw me closer in. Why? Because proximity is the secret to security. I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff are with me. They comfort me. This is the point of these tools. The shepherd was willing and able to secure the sheep at all times. And the whole point of verse 4 summarizing this phrase, they comfort me. 
We can have peace in the valley of the shadow of death, the deathly, the, the deadly shadows. Not because of our ability, but because the shepherd is with us. This is the good news of this text. So notice where he's been so far. First three verses, it's the message of restoration. I can have peace for the Lord restores me. He gives me all that I am and all that I need. I don't want another one. But he also gives me comfort that only a good shepherd can. Right? You, you can hear Jesus, right? Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened and laden. I will give you rest. The rest of a good shepherd. And so when Christ comes down and tabernacles among us, what is it that we have? We can say that you are with me. Every religion, God is distant. Only in Christianity has the shepherd come down to be with his sheep. It's unique. And Christ went through the valley of the shadow of death, and he overcame it through the resurrection. So that we have no reason to fear. We are constantly at peace. Well, that's good news. This this is just such a good song. Lord willing, we'll finish the last two verses. Anything we miss? All right. Well, how about we close out in prayer? Um, um, Carrie, you close us out. You pray for us.